This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown, Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. You can also hear the show on 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, of course, an Odyssey radio station. So thank you for being with us. Mo Moten, Scott Branson joining you. And, of course, more to talk about. The Raiders get set for the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday, coming off the loss that people just don't seem to be able to get over. Uh, some people don't seem to think it's a problem, Mo. Uh, and you can't really get better or get over something unless you admit that you've been there. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. And we'll hear sound from Dave Ziegler today, which makes me think he doesn't think there's a big problem. Uh, but uh, Raider Nation's still stewing. I thought maybe, you know, it would soften out a little bit as we head towards the weekend and a new game. But people are still upset and just uncertain of where this team is headed. And they should be. If your expectations for this Raider team was to at least contend for a playoff spot, and now you're sitting at two and five, I could see why you're upset and, you get shut out and you're one of three teams that got shut out this year. And I understand I understand the frustration. I, as you know, I didn't have, I was on the show. Uh, what was it? Tuesday. Yeah. Wasn't in the greatest of moods. Um, <laughs> you saw the Oscar I, I, the Grouch thing I tweeted out, right? <laughs> I actually didn't see it. I was swamped oh, in trade deadline yeah. uh, matters, but you know, it's just, even as a person covering this, this team, because I'm far past, I'm not, in the fan lane anymore right? right as a person covering this team you go into the year thinking okay it's going to be an exciting year you got all of these parts you've made all of these moves okay this team should be competing for a playoff spot so you're kind of gearing up to say okay you know a lot of different things to talk about the previous years i know the Raiders made the playoffs last year but the roster didn't have a lot of talent on it this year you're expecting to make the playoffs and the roster has a lot of talent on it in certain areas so you're excited for that as a writer, and then you go into it and you're co- okay. I understand. Okay, slow starts, new you know, new regime, new new coaches, players are getting used to each other. I get it. Okay, then you go you know two and five, and you're like, okay, 
uh, what's going on here? I was expecting to cover a playoff <laughs> caliber team. I'm getting a team that that's looking close to a slow and steady rebuild than competing for a playoff spot. And and again, that's disappointing. It is disappointing, and I know for fans it is too. And I think a lot of fans have already because they're listen, they're conditioned to it for the last. 15 years, it's exception of one year, it's been very much a, hey, when we get to this point in the season and we see how this team's playing, it's just time to look towards the draft, right? And so so I get that piece of it. But what you hope for is that the team figures out a way, even if the playoffs aren't on the table, uh, the team figures out a way to get things together to give you some hope, right? To say, hey, you know what? They have pieces that are working. There is something that's working, and they're getting better each week. What we've seen with the Raiders, though, is get better, get worse, get better, get worse, get better, get way worse against New Orleans. So I think people are looking for that. Now, they're going to play Jacksonville this weekend, which we'll talk about. Jacksonville, the losers, they're two of six, two and six, I should say. Losers of five straight. So if you're going to get healthy, now is the time to do it uh, as far as the win column goes. But, Mo, I, I want to play uh, today. Um, uh, I was looking through the audio from, from Wednesday. And on Wednesday, Dave Ziegler met with the media down in, in Jackson. Or, excuse me, I think they're in Jacksonville or they're somewhere in Florida. Sarasota. Uh, Sarasota, thank you. Uh, and they, they met with the, he met with the media in person, and they also uh, played it on Zoom and on live video so you could see it. And much like we heard, and you and I were critical uh, on Tuesday's show of Josh McDaniels and his seemingly um, lack of, of urgency to win, to get his team to play a clean game. Forget winning. How about just playing a clean game where you play four quarters, okay? And you criticized him for that. You said it drove you nuts because it's like it's a loser mentality. Of, oh, well, lots of people are losing football games, right? So he does that, and then you think, okay, so now, now I'm listening to Dave Ziegler, and I'm hearing the same stuff. Like, it's not a big deal. And I say that, right? But I want to play the audio here. There's no video here for those of us watching on YouTube. Uh, there's no video here, but I'm going to play the audio and, and have you listen to what Dave Ziegler said. And, Mo, listen to this carefully, and then when we come back from the audio, uh, I'll get your reaction. So here's Dave Ziegler yesterday talking to the media. Yeah, I think we got off to a slow start. So, you know, whether, you know, lack of urgency, I'm going to, you know, defer to the players. Those, those guys were the guys that were in the locker room and were on the field and, you know, we're, we're interacting with each other. But we did get off to a slow start. And when you get off to a slow start um, in, in this league, you know, you, you and you're on the road and the crowd gets going and things like that, you know, you have to fight and scrap and claw to, to get back in. And we weren't able to execute well enough to do that. And so um, I don't think that's um, I, I wouldn't expect I don't expect to see that here this, you know, this Sunday. Um, I think, you know, it was an opportunity for the team to, to learn about how they need to approach the games, how they need to prepare and how we need to get off to a fast start. And I would expect that this week. Um, and we'll go from there. Well, one of the things that Josh is preaching is like trust the process, kind of like it's going to take a while. Any concern that may, that may contribute to kind of lack of urgency, like people are uh, looking at looking at long term more than maybe a, a quicker yeah, that's a, yeah. That's, yeah I, I don't think so. I think, you know, every game, it, it, it's also unique. I'd say, like, to, to, to that question, like, the game against New Orleans in particular, I thought it was a little bit of an anomaly of how we've played up to this point. I mean, we've been competitive um, in every game. Every game's been tight. The games that we've won have been tight up to a certain point. We, we pulled away there against Houston maybe at the end after the interception, but all those games have been tight. And I think, you know, you're going to, and Josh mentioned it, we've I've been a part of them. You're going to have some of those outlier games where it's just, you know, you're just, you come away with a lot of questions and, and a lot of whys, but you also can't overreact to that um, because it is one game in, in, in a long season. And so, um, you know, I think that um, going forward, we, ex we, you know, we expect to um, be a team that gets off to a fast start like we have many times um, here this year and, and continue to push and continue to progress. All right, Mo, <clears throat> that like like the other day, uh, McDaniels set you off. This set me off because I I'm going to point out a couple things and then I'll, I'll get to your reaction. So a couple statements he makes here at the beginning talks about a slow start. Then, and then this is Vic Tafer actually asking the question. Great reporter. Vic asked him that question, and then he says, you know, but, but as far as effort and execution, I'll defer to the players on that. Did he not watch film? Does he not? Is he not the boss? Can he not say, you know what? They didn't execute, and it's deplorable, and they shouldn't. I mean, at least Josh McDaniels apologized. 
Dave Ziegler makes it sound like, well, no, that's that's their that's the you got to ask the players that. No, Dave, you're the GM. We're asking you, what did you see? What did you not see from your players that you signed and gave money to that 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 disappoints you? Number two, he talks about execution, and he doesn't expect to see it again. Seven games, you've seen it every game. You don't expect to see it again. There's there's kind of a trend there. Thirdly, he talks about the New Orleans game being an outlier. And that they've been in all these tight games. That narrative pops back up. It's an excuse because you had a 20 to nothing lead against Arizona, right? And you lost. So it's not that you always slow start and that you've been in tight games. You've been in tight games because you fail to keep the game in hand. And that's the execution. All the things he said is true. But I'm blown away by this reaction. And again, I don't want people to think I'm just going nuts and overreacting and being emotional like fans can do sometimes, with all due respect. But I cannot believe that I'm hearing this is this is the culture of this organization, clearly. One of the few things I tweeted on Wednesday after hearing Dave Ziegler speak was, you wonder why we question the urgency of this football team. And a lot of times on this show, what do we talk about? It starts at the top, right? Yep. Some people, I remember we had an emailer, I believe it was Lena, uh, asked about Mark Davis. And I said, you know, it starts with Mark Davis because he does the hiring. Now, when it comes to the football minds, it starts with Dave Ziegler because, as you said, he's the guy paying these players or negotiating these deals on the phone, making deals willing and dealing or the trade deadline. He's the guy bringing these players in the door. What stood out to me about what he said was, about execution, he said, you know, Derek Carr is playing. Basically, he said Derek Carr is playing well. He's doing a good job. He said, we have to execute. We have to protect Derek Carr. And that 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 set me off again because I'm thinking, well, hello, Dave. You're the guy that's supposed to provide the offensive line for Derek Carr. So <laughs> people complaining about Derek Carr's protection is bad, blah, blah, blah. Well, Dave Ziegler is the guy who's in charge. He's responsible. Of Josh McDaniels of putting together a solid offensive line. Now, I'm not absolving Carr because his completion rate is down 6% and it's not all because of the offensive line. He has not played up to the standard. And I don't care what Dave Ziegler says about Derek Carr, his progress. He may be progressing in certain ways, and that's a subjective word. What you see as improvement may not be what I see as improvement, but what I do see is Derek Carr is not the same player he was in recent years. Now, I know he's in a new system, but don't tell me Derek Carr is doing a fantastic job when you know that that's not the case. Right. Yeah. And again, though, I, I'm, I'm befuddled cause I really like Dave Ziegler and, and, and I think he can do a good job, but what I heard today is just BS. I think it's so much, look, I'm not saying again, we've talked about this many times over the last two weeks. I'm not saying you go out and for the jugular and start naming guys and throwing people under the bus. Um, although you can do it collectively in a creative and constructive way, like Dave Ziegler could say, hey, listen, this football team was built to win, and they're not executing, and that's why we're not winning. We're not doing, in all three phases, except the kicking maybe, in, in two phases of the game, we are not doing what we need to do to win NFL football games. We do well at, in spurts, and then we give it back, and that's not acceptable. That's not what I signed these guys. That's what I would have expected to hear. That would have been an honest answer, not some political BS where you're just dancing around the issue. You won't criticize anybody. Um, now, and I have to give credit to the media pool. They asked some pretty direct questions. I thought Vic's question, and I left his follow-up in there so you could hear what he asked because he got to the point, and Dave Ziegler skirted. He, he did his best Washington, D.C. dance and, and got around it, right? And I just don't understand. Fans don't want to hear everything's okay and it's just an outlier. They don't want to hear it. Now, Fans don't sign players. They don't run football teams. So I understand that piece. But still, it's just the optics. It, it tells me, Mo, there is no urgency. There will be no changes. There's no position coaches getting fired like we saw in Detroit and other places. Uh, they're riding They're riding to the sunset with, with, the, with, the, uh, with the crew they got. Yeah, so I dropped an article on Thursday, and I basically – the summation of that piece is basically saying that the Raiders are trusting their coaches staff to write the ship right now, because as we all know, they didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. Uh, Dave Ziegler got on the, at the podium. Now 
full disclosure, I understand Dave Ziegler is not going to throw his head coach, who's his friend from John Carroll College, under the bus. He's not going to throw players under the bus. He's not going to call people out in the media. I don't expect him to do that. But to get up there, and I, I think I can recall, he named some players that he felt improved under Josh McDaniels. Now, I'll give him Josh Jacobs looks fantastic, but, I mean, we all know Josh McDaniel, uh, Josh, Josh uh, Jacobs is a Pro Bowl caliber running back. As long as he stays healthy, we are, he's one of the top running backs in the league. We knew that. But to say Divine Diablo has improved, <laughs> Trayvon Merrick has improved, I, I, I question that, and I, and I say, what games are you watching? Because Trayvon Merrick was a lot better in his rookie year than he is now. No question. Uh, Divine, Divine Diablo is not a solid coverage linebacker. I think he played a lot better in December last year. Uh, he named the Jermaine Illuminar. I mean, the guy's probably going to lose the job to Thayer Mumford eventually. He'll be benched. It's just the dishonesty of it. Don't tell me that this is great when you, again, when you know it's not. Yeah. And, and that's the key, right? It's just, especially with fans, you don't want it to be to the point where people just don't believe you. And here you are in your first year. And it just blows my mind that there's no recognition that things aren't working. It's always a, well, you know, it's just an outlier. I mean, he called the game an outlier. Now, scoring zero points, perhaps, okay? The Raiders yeah. ha it hadn't been since 2014 since that happened. So, okay, I can agree with that. But the fact that your team plays with no intensity, that's not an outlier. It's happened several times this season. So that's where, to me, you lose credibility. You know what's not an outlier? The Raiders not playing a full game. Right. I, I, I said this. I said this on the last on the previous show. The Raiders have not played a full football game since Denver. I think that was their most complete football game that they played this year. Mm -hmm. Look at the Chargers game. Carr throws a bunch of picks. It's turnover field football game. The Cardinals. They play half of a football game. They let the Cardinals back in. Who come back and beat them in overtime? The Titans. They started slow. Come back late. They played half of a football game. The Chiefs. They played half of a football game, played well in the first half, started to crumble a little bit before halftime, and the avalanche fell in the second half as a lot of people expected it to. And then the Saints, they just didn't show up. Yeah. So the, the, the outlier is, what's not the outlier is the Raiders not showing up for a full 60 minutes. Right. And I think that's, that's what I would want him to address. <clears throat> not necessarily, again, not necessarily call guys out, but why is it that your football team with all this talent, it's not showing up for 60 minutes. Why are they only playing good quarters and good halves and not good games? Right. And and he was asked a question, too, and I'm just reading the transcript because I didn't pull the audio for it. But before we leave on our first break here, he was asked, are you surprised the passing game is not really in sync yet and it's taking this much time? And he says, quote, I think the one thing with the passing game and every offense is a little bit different the passing game does take time to develop. There's a level of continuity. There's a level of timing that takes place. And I think one thing we haven't had is a lot of continuity yet. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, that can be true. Hunter Renfro was out with an injury. Darren Waller was out with an injury. But you have other guys. You're, 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 you were deep, you said, there. You have a 10-year veteran quarterback. How much time do you need? 15 games? I mean... I don't know. I just think it all reeks of excuses, and I'm really disappointed in Dave Ziegler and how he responded.
to that one. All right. We're going to set aside uh, some time here and go to a quick break. When we come back, Mo and I will go on. Also, it's making national headlines again, the Raiders and their struggles. Albert Breer, of course, was on the Rich Eisen show on Wednesday talking about the Raiders. We're going to play that clip. It's a little bit of an extended clip, but I want to play that too because I want to hear the outside perspective and some consistency on the inability for even the national media, sans a couple people, uh, to criticize the passing game and to criticize Derek Carr. So we'll talk about that when we come back. You're with Mo and Scott here on Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Segment two of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also, you can hear us over the air in Las Vegas, 98.5 The Fan. Hello to our radio listeners as well. Okay, Mo, we're going to get back. to we, st- we talked about the first. Oh, by the way, do me a favor. My man, Mo, is an amazing writer, amazing journalist. <laughs> he writes up at Bleacher Report. He's a national NFL writer, so you can catch him on the entire league, which is why he's not with us in the postgame because he's so busy on Sundays, he doesn't even sleep, okay? He just stays up for like 60 hours and he gets everything all done. Uh, but anyway, go read him on Bleacher Report. Also, sportsnot.com, he talked about his column dropping on Thursday and today, and that means you can go read his Raider stuff on sportsnot.com. So make sure you do that. Follow him on Twitter at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me at LV Gully and the show SNB Today on Twitter. So we talked last segment, my friend, about um, the criticism that I had, and we talked about Dave Ziegler and his press conference and this kind of uh, uniform lockstep, we're going to say that eh, there's nothing wrong uh, between him and, and his buddy, Coach uh, McDaniels. Uh, and then we also, though, have seen, again, continually national media. And I know Raider Nation loves getting national media, uh, but it's not great media. They, they want good media. And again, they're getting poor media because they're so disappointing. Rich Eisen was all in on the Raiders, if you remember, right, Mo? He was mm-hmm. all in, talked a lot about it on the show during the summer, had guests on, talking about how great the Raiders are going to be. I think he even picked them to go to the AFC Championship game, if I recall. Mm-hmm. That's how much That's he believed right. in them. So he had Albert Breer, of course, uh, NFL journalist on as well, talking about it. And I want to play this clip. And again, if you're watching us on YouTube, I don't have video for it, but it is audio. It's a little bit longer. It's about three minutes, but I'm going to play it. I want you to hear... Rich Eisen talk about it, but then also Albert Breer, and then we'll come back and talk about the comments. So here's Albert Breer on what's going on with the Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders don't lead the league in much, but they already lead the league in disappointing losses, followed up by uh, confabs between the owner and the coach in private that apparently don't amount to any hot seat. That's uh, And and the announcement comes um, after that meeting between Josh McDaniels and Mark Davis. Yeah, he's going to be your coach here for a while. Um, that's now multiple times I think have happened this year, or at least uh, one time there Davis had to say something. What is going on in Vegas, best you can tell right now? I, I think they're going to be all right. Uh, you know, and I, I think Josh has honestly like kind of equipped himself well for this. And, you know, I, yeah, I mean, as you know, I've spent a lot of time with him since he got that job. And I, I just, you know, I, I look at like how he, he has emphasized building relationships and making sure the right foundation is laid and all the stuff he learned from Denver. Um, you know, I, I know one thing he kind of emphasized to me is nobody's going to know whether or not I've changed until the bleep hits the fan. Right. Like, and like, well, it seems see, like it has, like, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. yeah. And I mean, and, and that's the thing is like, people aren't going to know. And he's, and he, and he said to me, I promise you, like, I'm not going to be the guy who's going to come in and flip the, mo- the commu- computer monitor over in the, in the meeting room when things don't go well. And so like, I, I think that there's going to be, I think this is going to be an interesting test of where he is and who he is and how much he's grown. I think he's grown a lot. And I think that they've got some issues that they newer issues that are bigger issues than they thought they were. What's like the, the structure of the team up the middle of the defense, I think has been a huge one for them. Like right up the middle of the defense, they've got holes. I think they thought those were manageable that they would be able to, out, to, to to build big leads with their offense and kind of mitigate that where, you know, your corners and your edge players are more important if you can kind of get other teams down. And their offense hasn't hasn't come along fast enough for that to happen. But I, I still think that there is a belief that they're going to get there. And so um, I, I believe Mark Davis when he says, like, we're not thinking of pulling the plug. 
The one caveat, and I know this is sort of a long-winded answer, the one caveat there mm-hmm. would be I do think, you know, you're seeing it in college football now with the uh, the way the television money, I think, affects like schools' willingness to pay these massive buyouts, right, to get rid of guys. I think the same sort of dynamic is is is, is starting to exist in the NFL too, where the massive television money has made it so for an owner, the idea of a one and done and eating three or four years of a coach's contract is more workable hmm. than it was in the past. But I don't think that that's Mark Davis's mindset right now. Catch the rich yeah, I think we got every single day on the Roku channel, so, 12 to 3 Eastern for free. So there you go. I appreciate that uh, audio courtesy of the Rich Eisen show. But Mo, a couple things there to kind of uh, unwrap. Um, number one is Albert Breer talked about that they kind of miscalculated. And we knew this, right? We talked about, he didn't even mention the offensive line, which is shocking to me. He says he's so close. He spent a lot of time with McDaniels. How you don't talk about the offensive line, I don't know. But he talked about the middle of the defense, which we've talked about since day one, okay? And then he said something really key there, and he kind of did it quickly. But he said they thought that their offense would click and that they could outscore people, basically. That's how good they thought their offense would be which is scary when you know the offensive line was unsettled. But we heard Dave Ziegler talk about Wednesday, well, it takes time for the passing game to get together. I'm so confused by this, man, because uh, you, know, you hear Albert Breer talk about it. You hear him say Mark Davis isn't going to fire him. But, oh, by the way, there's more money now to buy out coaches, so if, pe- if people in the NFL want to do it, they could do it easier. But I don't think Mark Davis would do that. I think he was sending conflicting signals there because he's just covering his bases because if it gets really bad – Josh McDaniels could be one and done. I'm for one, don't think he's going to be one and done only because again, I've said this before on previous shows, firing coaches and having a revolving door of coaching staffs hasn't worked for the Raiders in the past. Um, while the Raiders have been a disappointment at two and five, I'm not one to hit the, the red button and eject people seven games into the season, eight games, nine games into the season. I understand how a new regime wants to build a roster, wants to bring in their guys, and it may take some time. I understand all of that stuff. The problem with this is, and you touched on it, was we talked about some of the weak areas on the Raiders roster. The interior defensive line, now, that's been your in your wheelhouse. You've talked about that plenty of times. I've been harping on the offensive line as, as well as you two, and, this, and we talked about the secondary. Lo and behold, what are the three weakest areas on the roster right now? the offensive line, the interior the defensive line, and the secondary. So if we could see it, two guys miles and miles and states away, <laughs> we could see this. How is it that the guys in the room making the big decisions don't see these areas, didn't see these areas as a potential big problem that could hold this team back and give this team a slow start to the season is beyond me. But as you said, with 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 what Albert Burr said, maybe they thought they could just outscore teams early, and in the meantime, their defense can catch up. And then it will all meet up in the middle and they will be fine toward the end of the year. But because the offense has started out so, I don't want to say slow, because at one point the offense was top 10 in scoring. Yeah. It was clicking. But let's be honest, let's not make it out to seem like the offense has been fine. Darren Waller, as we said, and Hunter Renfro haven't been the same players. Derek Carr's passing completion rate is down five, six percent. Uh, Devontae Adams' numbers comparable to his numbers in Green Bay are down because Derek Carr is not at his best. So clearly this team overestimated the talent that they had. Now I will say at times the offensive line has overachieved and blocked well for Josh Jacobs. When it comes to pass protection and a quarterback driven league, a lot to left to be desired there. Yeah. It's just interesting to hear a national writer talk about them. Um, And, and, and he's the first one I give him credit for, for talking about the defense, the middle of the defense. Okay. Because it, it, it's, it's, poor it's been poor and there's players there who don't will not be with the Raiders next year I'll put it that way um, but again the no mention of the offensive line no mention of Derek Carr again no mention that he talked about the offense hasn't come along but what's the reasons for that and I think we talked about it in the last segment so we don't have to kick the dead horse here but clearly uh, there's got to be some some better assessment of what's going on and he talked about Josh McDaniels saying hey people aren't going to think I changed from Denver until I actually prove that I've changed. Now, 
he has from a demeanor standpoint, almost to the point that it's the opposite direction, which is what you were talking about. Hey, no big deal. No big deal. And that might be an overcorrection on his part because of what he was known for in his short stint with the Broncos. Uh, but, but there's gotta be some recognition. People just want to hear and his players need to hear that what they're doing is not acceptable. Now, maybe again, like you said, we're not in the locker room. Maybe that message is getting there, but if that message is being delivered, it's not sinking in. And to me, uh, that is the biggest problem right now. And that's my issue. A lot of people saying, well, what do you expect Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels to say publicly? They're not going to publicly say anything, you know, direct to their players. And we understand that. The problem is if they are saying it privately, it's not getting through to them. Correct. Two and five is not getting through. You're still not playing complete games. You haven't. You've played one complete game all uh, so far this season. The message is not getting through privately. That doesn't mean you go criticize publicly, but maybe you need to change some things up or do some things differently. What's the definition of insanity? You do the same thing over and over again, expect the same, expect a different result. Here we are. Yes. Every Thursday we're here. So I guess we're doing the same thing. No, <laughs> um, all kidding aside. But yeah, that that you're absolutely right. And and to me, that's where you want to see some change there. And and again, you always that's a great thing about the NFL, unlike some other sports. Uh, that you can forget about it and go on and you have a next a game the next day and you win and everything that happened the day before is forgotten for the most part, right? NFL, it's not that way. You have to sit and we have to stew and talk about it for a week. But the Raiders do have an opportunity, a great opportunity on Sunday against the Jaguars to go out and change the narr narrative and put together four quarters and play an entire game against a team that's not very good, has some good pieces but is not very good. So we'll have to see how that goes. Okay, we're going to take our second break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the Jaguars. We'll talk about the game coming up uh, down in Jacksonville and what the Raiders need to do to win that game and what we might see. And the question, will Darren Waller be back? We don't know yet, but we'll find out for sure. You're listening to Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere, Raider Nation. Welcome back to Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. All we do is talk Raiders football. Sometimes that's fun. Weeks like this, not so much. Uh, we lose our tempers and we talk about it uh, from the standpoint of two guys objectively covering the team here on the show. Thank you for being with us. By the way, if you don't subscribe to the show, please do. Uh, whether you listen to us on audio, uh, just Check it out. Check out the link wherever you go. If you're on Spotify, you can find us there. If you're on your Amazon Alexa device, just say, hey, Alexa, play Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. It'll come up. You can save it. If you listen on Android, if you listen on Apple, just go do that for us. Also, if you're on Apple, give us a five-star rating. We would appreciate that as well. Uh, Mo gets food and water if we get five-star ratings. So please do that. Um, but also, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscription button. We have so many people watch the show, and I really, and I look at the numbers, and a lot of them aren't subscribed. They watch every week, but they don't subscribe. I'm like, what are you doing? Subscribe, hit the notifications bell, and then you'll know when we are on the air. And we're always in the live chat mixing it up with you. Uh, by the way, on the mailbag show yesterday, Mo, there was some dude who had, I had there's the only way I could say, I had a hard-on for you talking about how much you are a Derek Carr lover. Now, this goes in direct conflict with some people I see on Twitter who say that you hate Derek Carr uh, and that you just want Derek Carr to be gone. Uh, so social media is such a peach, man. I would like to put up a poll. I didn't do this on Twitter. <laughs> I want to put up a poll. How many people think I'm a Derek Carr hater and how many people think I, I just one. defend Derek Carr 24-7? I would like to see the results to that because I get both sides of it. I, yeah. I get on Twitter and but like, you defend Derek Carr. You don't ever criticize Derek, yeah. you, Derek Carr as your savior, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay. And then I get on YouTube and it's like, you hate Derek Carr and you don't like Derek Carr. You just want him gone for some bum Jared yeah. Goff, blah blah blah. And I'm just like, Jared okay, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to respond to people oh. because apparently, I'm, apparently, I'm, I'm on both sides of the fence. I both hate and love Derek Carr <clears throat> to the fullest extent. I don't understand how I'm able to do that, but it's, it's interesting. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I understand it though, Mo, because you know me. I don't. I don't. I don't tweet about politics per se, but I consider myself a free thinker. So I will often question things that sometimes one side agrees with, and sometimes the other side disagrees with. And people jump in and they'll call me a nutbag, whatever, liberal. Then they'll call me a MAGA. I mean, I'm like, I, am I both? Am I like a MAGA dude who it belongs to the ACLU? Like, I, you can't win either way. It's like if you say anything that is an original thought of your own, then people want to take it and put it in a bucket. It's really funny. But I, I don't get mad or upset with it anymore. I just funny. I think it's funny. It really is funny because yeah, people just... They see it that way. So the duality of it is, is kind of uh, interesting. Speaking of football, let's get back to football. We're talking about the Raiders versus the Jaguars coming up in Jacksonville. Uh, Mo, as I said, the Jaguars coming in this game two and six. So at one point they were one and one. <laughs> they were 500. They've now lost five in a row. Trevor Lawrence has had spots where he's looked good. He doesn't have a great team around him. Of course, uh, they've traded off pieces. They did trade for Calvin Ridley, right? So that was an interesting acquisition for them. Uh, but where is this Jaguars team? What can the Raiders expect as they roll into uh, the Navy-based city of Jacksonville, Florida? Two things I expect the Jacksonville Jaguars to do in this game. One, they're going to run the football. Uh, mm-hmm. Doug Peterson, since he's got there, he's, I want to say, run heavy, but he's got his running backs involved. James Robinson, early in the year, had a hot start. Of course, he fell out of favor, and they traded him to the Jets. Travis Etienne has come on. I remember when Travis Etienne came out, I said that he was the best running back in his draft class. I think he was in the yes. same class as, as uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yep. Um, but he has come on, and I believe he ran for 156 yards in London against the Broncos. Had a great performance unfortunately for the jaguars they came up short but they're going to run the football so the raiders run defense is really going to get tested that interior that we talked about in the previous segments mm-hmm. those guys better buckle up their chin straps and be ready the other thing is doug peterson has a track record of uh feeding his tight ends in the passing game if you remember when he was with the eagles he had dallas goddard he had zach Ertz. Uh, he had, I believe he had uh, Brent Selleck as well. Selleck, yeah. So he had, a, he had a rotation of tight ends. Now he has Evan Ingram, who was kind of a disappointment with the Giants. He, I know he had a Pro Bowl year, but he struggled with drops. He has come on of his late, as of late. He scored his first touchdown of the season against the Denver Broncos in London. He's getting a lot of targets, and the Raiders have struggled. And as I've said this plenty of times, it's like a broken record, but the Raiders continue <laughs> to struggle to cover the tight end. And... With with Evan Ingram now rolling, I wonder if he's going to have his best game against this Raiders pass defense that struggles. So ETN and Ingram, those are the two guys you got to watch out for. And when the Jaguars get close to the goal line, they love to give it to Trevor Lawrence to, to sneak it over. Over He either goes over the top or sneaks it past the goal line. So he may not hand it off to the running back when he's at the two-yard line. He may try to take it himself. Trevor Lawrence is a big guy. I believe he's like six, you know, six, six or something like that. Yep. So. Watch out for the sneak. Watch out for Evan Ingram. Watch out for Travis Etienne. Yeah, that running offense, that that Doug Peterson control the ball offense. Um, I, I, boy, this could be another long day for this Raiders defense if they don't find something. Because uh, we talked about Denzel Perryman not being on his game uh, against uh, New Orleans either. Uh, you're going to need him, right? He's their thumper there. You're going to have to be. The, he's going to have to play well. But you're going to have to get uh, Clee Farrell in the middle. You're going to have to get Bilal Nichols. Those guys are going to have to play well because if they can effectively run the ball, then they're going to start slinging it, just like you saw in New Orleans. And I think that this Raiders defense, we talk about the offense, and I really do believe the majority of the issue last game against the Saints was the offense's inability to do anything. But I will say the defense in this game has got to play a really good game. Uh, And I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, where they're at if they're capable of doing it. 
what I will say is that the, the the silver lining here is that the Jacksonville Jaguars have turned the ball over a lot in recent weeks. That's true. So yeah. so if there's a time for the Raiders defense to have a get right game, so to speak, this is it because the Jaguars have been careless with the football. Uh, as we know, Deron Harmon's been around the football a lot in recent weeks. He'll force a turnover and take it back to the house if he if he can. Amik Robinson has had a defensive touchdown. So if the Raiders defense wants to find some momentum, this could be the game. Though I do think, and I know I said this last week and I was completely wrong about it, but I do think this has the possibility of being a shootout because the Raiders defense hasn't played well. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense, even though it has some players on it, has some cracks in it where Derek Carr and Devontae Adams – Hunter Renfro and even Darren Wall, if he plays, can all get right. So a lot mm-hmm. of points could be scored in this game, but I will say that there will be opportunities for the Reds to take advantage of some turnovers. Yeah, and a quick check of the injury report as we as we come to you on the show. Devontae Adams was limited with an illness again. Now, we talked about him having flu-like type symptoms last week. He was fine for the game. Uh, we wondered if maybe that factored into his his lack of production against the Saints, but he again was limited on Wednesday, as was uh, um, Neil Farrell, Mac Hollins, Darren Waller. Again, he was out there, but limited, and Sam Webb again as well. And then Devon Diablo did not practice uh, with a back and wrist injury. So you talked about the top of it, and actually on yesterday's show previously, or Tuesday to the the trade deadline, that he might be a guy the Raiders move because he's been disappointing. Uh, Now he's hurt. Uh, and and so so the Raiders continue to have yes you have injuries all season long but the Raiders continue to have marquee players that they need to perform uh, not a hundred percent and that goes back to my point about watching out for Evan Ingram uh, the middle of the mm-hmm. field is the coverage hasn't been good that's why when Dave Ziegler said Divine Diablo is one of the guys that's improved under Josh McDaniels and his coaching staff I raised my eyebrow like. Are we talking about and seeing the same divine Diablo <laughs> on these in these games? Because the middle of the field has has been a buffet for opposing teams in certain situations. Of course, we remember Travis Kelsey scoring four touchdowns against this defense. I know he didn't rack up a lot of yards, but they couldn't they couldn't stop him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll say this. <laughs> my column, my betting column dropped on Thursday, as it always does, yeah. right? And the Raiders were favored by one and a half points when the column went out. I picked the Raiders. I, I, I laid the points with the Raiders, and I think the Raiders win by a field goal. Of course, I write the column, so the score predictions are my own projections. I have the Raiders winning 26 to 23. But I will say this. I had very little confidence in that score projection. After what <laughs> I understand Dave Zucker said, saw. you know, after what I saw last week, I, I really can't tell you that I expect to see this from the Raiders because I don't know what to expect. Now, I understand scoring zero points is an anomaly, but as I said in the previous segment, the Raiders not playing complete games is not an anomaly. That's been the norm yeah. for them. So if they have a bad quarter, a bad half, this could be a very close game, and Jacksonville can take advantage of their home field and come out with this victory. So, Mo, let me ask you this question. If the Raiders win, why do they win? Tell us what their game plan is against that Jacksonville defense and defending against Trevor Lawrence in the offense. What do they do to win this game? You start off by feeding Josh Jacobs. Go back to what worked. Now, I understand they couldn't do that so much against the Saints because they fell behind so far early. So you kind of go away from the run game when you're behind by multiple scores. But as long as the game is within reach or you have control, you have an advantage, feed Josh Jacobs. But you also, the Jaguars have struggled in the passing game. I know one of their young cornerbacks has played well in Tyson Campbell. But get Devontae Adams involved. Uh, coming off of a game with one catch of three yards, as you said, we understand he has some flu-like symptoms coming into that game. As far as we know, he should be fine. I know he's limited at practice. But Devontae Adams should get a steady dose of targets and a lot of yards in this game because – as we've said, Hunter Renfro hasn't been the same player. We don't know if Darren Wall is going to play. And even if he does play, is he going to have a full workload in his first game back after missing multiple contests? So Devontae Adams has to be a key to this win. And, of course, Josh Jacobs, lean on your stars to get the W. So on the other side of this, if the Raiders lose this game, you talked about, uh, obviously, the running game of Jacksonville. Um, what else do you see? If the Raiders go to Jacksonville and, and come away with another L, uh, what hit, what did they do or what did they fail to do? I could say what would probably happen. Raiders fans are going to want to hear this. My famous quote. 
But if this isn't, <laughs> if this turns into an Arden Key revenge game, where Arden oh, Key boy. and Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen get into that offensive line, because as we know, the pass protection isn't very good, the run blocking fine, but the pass protection has been a problem. If those three yeah. guys, Arden Key, Trayvon Walker, and Josh Allen give give that offensive line a lot of issues and get Carr to speed up his clock and he's under pressure a lot, that could wreck this football game and it wouldn't even matter because, as I said, getting the ball to Devontae Adams is a priority, but if Carr is on his back, no way Adams gets the ball. No, absolutely. Yeah, and so so you had in your column, you said the Raiders 26-24. Is that what you had? 26-23 Raiders. 26-23, okay. I can't pick the Raiders anymore. I just can't do it. I, 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 I can't. <laughs> I, I, I'm traumatized. Yes, yeah, yeah, traumatized. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just want hate stuff on uh, on on YouTube. No, um, I like the Jaguars in this one, twenty-one seventeen. I don't think the Raiders are getting that offense going. I don't think the def- I think the defense. You know, to give up twenty points, you got to expect this defense to give up twenty twenty-one points. I have seen no indication. Now, I agree with you on Josh Jacobs. If the Raiders are to win the game, he's got to get rolling, and you got to get Adams involved. I don't mm-hmm. think. I'm not confident Darren Waller will be back. Everybody wants to point to maybe he will be. I don't think he will be. I just have a sense for that. I also just believe that the offense isn't going to click again. I really don't. I think second game on the road, I don't think there's any uh, responsibility there that 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 this offense is feeling like they need to do something more. Derek Carr doesn't seem phased by it. Derek Carr's got an injury. His back is bothering him. He's practiced, but... If that line, to your point, if that defense and the Arden Key revenge game, if they get in and they pressure him early and put him down a couple times, he might not feel that great. And if he doesn't feel that great, as we all know from Derek Carr's career, if he's not 100% and he doesn't feel comfortable, he's not going to perform well. And I think that's what's going to happen. And I hate to say that because I don't want Raider Nation to have to endure two and six, but I just can't go the other way until they prove me wrong. I'll jump in here before the before the listeners send hate mail to you uh, for predicting a loss <laughs> and going to a six. I'll say this: I, Darren Waller was very close. It seemed as though Darren Waller, Darren Waller was very close to playing against the Saints. He was out there before the game, warming up. Vinny Bonsignor said, it "Looks like you know he's like I'm not I'm not a doctor, but it looks like Darren Waller is fine." It turns out Darren Waller didn't play. It looks like he was close. I think he's gonna play. I just don't think he'll be. I just yeah, I think he'll. I just don't think he'll be very effective. Will because, he play? Will he play more than five snaps? I think he'll play more than five snaps. I just don't. I just don't expect a big game from him. The Jaguars are actually pretty good at defending tight ends. I believe yeah. they have Devin Lloyd, who they drafted in the first round. They have a good linebacker core, but believe it or not, so yeah. I, I just don't think Darrell Wall is going to have a big impact. But I think he will play. I think it just comes down to Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs have to have a big game. And in order to do that, Derek Carr has to be upright for a certain amount of time, and he has to see the field. There are sometimes where Derek mm. Carr has time to throw, and he doesn't hit the right read, and he or he doesn't just he doesn't make the right play, or the ball's off, or again, his ball placement is not where it it's was in previous years for whatever no. for whatever reason it is. His accuracy is just a, it's a tad bit off. Now you could blame you could blame Devontae Adams for not getting his feet in, in certain situations, but if Derek Carr places the ball where it should be, I think. Devontae Adams has a better chance to get some of those toe tap drags in and bounce. It's like watching me play cornhole at a tailgate. Like I'm always way over or I'm always under. <laughs> I'm never getting it in there, right? And that's what it seems like with Derek Carr. I'm making light of it, but it seems like he underthrows, and that's where we've seen the turnovers mostly. Uh, and then he overthrows, uh, and he's missed a couple open touchdowns on that. Look, all quarterbacks do that. Don't get me wrong, but I do think – for whatever reason, it's just, I don't know if he needs glasses or what the hell the case is, but there's something not there with the ball placement and him feeling. And I, it goes back to comfort, Mo. It just goes, he's not comfortable. And, and I want to correct myself real quick. I don't, I, yeah. you know, I want to take back, I, not that he doesn't make the right read because I'm not in the huddle. So I don't know the exactly, exact, yeah, you know, I get what you. his progression is. But what I will say, he's not seeing the field because in that interception that he threw against the Saints early in the game, where I believe it was Pete Warner, the linebacker, picked it off. He didn't see the linebacker. And I think uh, it was pointed out during the broadcast that Derek Carr just didn't see the linebacker. Yeah, tucked didn't see in him there. at all. Right. And, and he was able to make a play on the football. So I think he needs to see the field, make quicker decisions, and he'll be fine. But if he doesn't do that and the offensive line has issues, it could be a long day. 
If the Raiders win, I'm going to predict here. I know you're talking about Josh Jacobs, and I don't disagree with that, but I think if they win, it's going to be a big day for Devontae Adams. They have to get that pass game going, and I agree with you. If Waller plays, it's not going to be Waller. Waller will have a couple catches. He'll factor in, especially as a decoy at times, but I think Devontae Adams has a big, big game if the Raiders win uh, down in Jacksonville. All right, Mo. Well, we've come to the end of this edition of Silver and Black today. Mo's got the Raiders by three, right? Three. I have the Jaguars by four, 21-17. So that's the prediction. We'll see how it goes, but they'll play the game. That's why they lace them up. Scott, if you're right, you're going to have to leave the show and because Raider fans are going to have the pitchforks out and you're going to have to leave the show and talk people off the ledge because you predicted that. Yeah, that's okay. I know. And and, and people always say, oh, you're going And that's the thing. Our show, it's weird. And I sent this to you via text the other day. Our show, from a, from a download perspective, so we look at numbers, just like you look at ratings on TV, we look at downloads, right? And um, this show does extremely, extremely, extremely well when the Raiders win and people are really excited and also it does just as well when the Raiders are really, really bad. When they're in between, it's, you know, it's good. You know, we're, we're still the third ranked podcast in the whole network, but it's the extremes, man. People respond to the extremes uh, just like they do on social media. So we'll see how that all goes. But no, I hope for Raider Nation I'm wrong, but until they prove me wrong, I just got to go the other way. So that's the way it goes. I mean, I might... My BR colleagues, we were split. There's six of us now who yeah. do the betting column. Three of us picked the Jaguars and three of us picked the Raiders. So that tells right. you where the Raiders are right now in their season. Because everyone expected the Raiders to be better, and yeah. they still believe they are better than they're playing because of all they should the be. talent. Yes, exactly. So I don't blame them for having the, the glass, has, uh, half, glass half full. <laughs> Where now mine is half empty, so we'll see. Anyway, Mo, my friend, I I will love being on the air with you, and we will talk to you on Tuesday. Of course, uh, we have a post-game show Sunday. Murph, Evan, and I will be back, and we will talk post-Jaguars game, and then Evan will join me. Excuse me. Mo will join. I can't keep track of all the names. Mo will be back with me on Tuesday as we do one last recap and do that. But make sure you catch his work all weekend on Bleacher Report, especially on Sunday, if you're watching the games, uh, you can check him out. Also follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. He's a little slow on Twitter on Sundays because he's so damn busy, uh, but he'll get back to you as well. Follow me on Twitter at LV Gully. This has been Silver and Black Today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Mo, have a good week, man. Hopefully I'm in a better mood than I was last Tuesday. <laughs> you will be. You will be. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.